Dear Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful to you that we can gather together and worship. And God, we just pray you open up the word to us and believe this is a word for us today. And Lord, I pray we'd, you touch our hearts, you'd have insight to what you're doing, and have confidence in the power you have working in this world. And so we give all thanks to you and ask a blessing on the message. I pray you'd fill me with the Spirit, not only speak things of the Spirit, and each heart would be open to receive the things of the Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen, amen. So we'll look at here on, turn to the book of Joshua. So I'll give you a heads up. So the next several weeks, we're going to spend time in Joshua, kind of have a walk through Joshua. I think it's a, appropriate for this time. Um, you may be interested in this. Maybe I was reading about uh, one gentleman that, and he said that Joshua and the book of Ephesians in the New Testament were very similar. And he says what Joshua, what Joshua shows is physical, is a physical entering the land and serving, uh, establishing God's kingdom. As that was the physical picture, Ephesians was the spiritual picture. And so they go hand in hand. And that's really fascinating. I looked at that and, and I do see, and we've talked about the Old Testament gives us a physical picture of a spiritual reality. And then we get in the New Testament and it gives us spiritual reality. And so the two go together, but God is trying to help us understand. So it's um, so we want to take this um, situation and we will apply it to today's life, believing it. Yes, you know, we this is a physical picture of what's happening to us spiritually today and that we can make application from things we learn. And so the, ta- the title I put in the message, which is used phrase used two or three times in this section is be strong and courageous that's what he tells us that's what he told joshua that's what he told israelites and that's why he tells us be strong and be courageous and why does he tell us to be strong and courageous because we are going to need to be strong and courageous to to stand up to the things that come at us it's not it's it's not going to the church is it's not a place for the weak of heart, okay, because he's calling us to be strong. Now, so we look at the first verse here in Joshua. They're going into the land. Moses has brought them all to this point. Everything that Moses has done, he's brought them to the land that they, he promised them to enter into. They haven't entered into it. They just look at it. It's just a promise. It's just a promise. And Moses had brought them to this point. So you can imagine the picture you know, three million plus Jews at the Jordan River. You know, it's just a promise. All they have is a promise, you know. And it starts off, Joshua 1, one says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, my servant is dead. <laughs> That's how it starts off. You know, it's here you're ready to go in. And it says, my servant is dead. He tells Joshua. Now, just as we see this and pull it together, and it's important, and it really shows us the importance of the Old Testament in explaining things to us. Moses, probably in many people's mind, was one of the greatest or the greatest man in the Old Testament. You know, you can, people say Abraham and Elijah, but pretty much the Jews felt the greatest man in the Old Testament was Moses. Everything that God was going to do felt came through Moses, and he did unbelievable things and brought the people out of Egypt, and there was none like him. And so he comes out and says, Moses is dead. It's done, you know. And you're here at the river. I mean, it's like the now we're in for the final stretch, and he's not here. So he tells Joshua. He brings this to Joshua. Now, here on the picture, and it's, it's important you think about it. In the Old Testament, people will say, and rightly, that Moses is a type of Christ. Okay, and what that means, he, in a physical way, he showed what Jesus would do spiritually. Now, this is important, so we, so we don't ever disregard the Old Testament because <clears throat> it's there for a purpose. And so here you have Moses, and like Jesus, he saved his people. He brought them out of darkness into light. That's what Moses did, and that's what Jesus did. Moses was a type of Christ, and we can see physically, well, that's how that works. 
you know. But spiritually, we see how Jesus did. We believe and he brings us from darkness into light and he forgives our sins. And so you have Moses. Moses set the people free from the dominion of darkness, brought them from slavery to his glorious light. And that's what Jesus brought us from slavery to glorious light spiritually. He freed us up. So you can see that picture, and we really grab hold of that. Now, that's, that's where they are at the Jordan, okay? We receive Christ, and that's kind of where we are at the Jordan. You're forgiven, you know, they were forgiven, we're forgiven. But we're at the Jordan River, and Moses is dead. Also, Jesus is dead, you know. Now, what did Jesus say when he said, I'm going to die. I'm, you know, I'm going to heaven. And it says, it's good for me to go, you know, because you're going to do more things than I did. So in the same picture, Moses is gone. And not that Moses said these words, but God kind of implied him, Moses is gone. All right, now I'm going to do more through you. It was Joshua who entered the promised land, not Moses. Not Moses. And so you can see the application that here is the church. We enter the land. We entered the land after the death of our Savior. And now he's going to do greater things through his people, his church. See, So those are the type of connections you see here. And he's making a point. Now, and what we see here that after Moses' death, his work was expanded. After Jesus' death, his work was expanded. See, it's the, same, it's the same principle that God is giving us insight so that we can picture it. Now, and here's something that the world doesn't understand. The world doesn't have a clue about this. And it's, it's that um, God's kingdom expands in adversity. See, when Jesus died... It's what the disciples say. We're done. I mean, th- this ain't working out. Like, a, they're locked in the rooms, and we're done, you know. And Jesus come back and says, listen, no, resurrected. He'll put your hand in, holding my hands, and he, you know, talks to them, you know, gets them going. Because, no, you have to do all the things I have given you to do. So it's the same thing with Moses. Moses is gone. Now, Joshua, you've got to take these folks. into. The, you're going to do... You're going to do now what I intended you to do. So there's a similarity. But it comes through Jesus dying. Moses died. Everybody's, oh, well, we got these folks now because Moses is dead. You know, it's like, no, we're, who's going to lead us? Who, who's going to do this? And he says, tells Joshua, you're going to do it. You're going to take the folks in. See, and so those are the correlations being made there. But so to understand in both of those things, there's adversity and God moves after there's adversity. Where Christianity seems to be defeated, Judaism seems to be defeated, and that's no, it's a point of growth. It's a point of growth. And that's the whole thing about Joshua, and we want to look at it now. And I'm going um, uh, well, let me read this first. It's that, see, People have an idea that in adversity you can do away with Christianity, you know, or get away with a person you can do with Christianity. And that doesn't happen. In the adversity, there's growth. So the world, you know, you can't, they can't get rid of us because all their adversity just brings more growth. And it's, it's the same thing when they're going to crucify Jesus. And, and it was, and Caiaphas, I mean, he had this figured out. And Caiaphas said, Jesus, he's, this Jesus is really causing some problems for Judaism. And he said this, if we let Jesus go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away our temple and our nation. See, they're gonna, he's going to tick off the Romans. They're going to take away our nation. Then one of them named Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that Jesus die for the whole people and the nation may not perish. See? Kill him and we'll be okay. And they killed him and Christianity exploded. See that? And that's how the world 
doesn't comprehend the work of God. And that's how it never works out. It, it never works out because they don't understand this. But God's telling us so we understand it. So we, you know, you get in a situation, we'll never live through this. We're just never going to get out of it. And just, oh, and God, no, this is a sign of my moving. This is a sign. Be excited. Be excited because you understand what nobody else understands. And if there's a God, a God in heaven doing a great and mighty work. And, and I want to share something else with you. It's, and I'm sharing this is for my own thoughts. It's like we are in a country that was very unique. And it was established on Christian principles. I mean, from the very founding documents, and and no matter what, and you, you know, the like, like the news media and certain progressives try to tell you it's not true. I mean, it's got the papers. All you got to do is read them. You know, I mean, it's you, you know, you can only ones you can really lead astray are the very ignorant. And so, you have this picture of a country like ours established on Christianity, grew with Christianity, prospered under Christianity, and even though people don't believe it, I think Rich covered it good in his message, was raised up under Christian principles, right and wrong, even if they weren't believers. And so this is how this country moves forward. And so now we see this, you know, attack on Christianity, and we feel like, oh my God, this is an attack on Christianity. We're this unusual situation. We have to defend. We have to keep Christianity going in this country. It's a point of defense, you know. And okay, there's an element of truth in that. But when you read the Bible, there's something else different. Totally different. When Joshua went in, he had no Christians. He wasn't defending anything. He was taking over. He was just taking over. There, there was nobody in there. Like, okay, well, there's a few churches in there. We'll establish them. No. He moves in to take over because there's nothing there. When Christianity started and Jesus had the 12, you know, after he got them unlocked from the room, you know, when he got the 12, there was no Christianity. They weren't defending anything. They were taking over. See, he said, no, go take over. So the mindset, we can have a defeat, is, oh, we just defended, they're overcoming, they're taking no, that's not how the Bible worked. You came in, there was nothing, and you take over. Now, that's a different thinking. You know, hey, what, you know, in, I'm going to bring this up because we're so close to it. We make this, you know, world, you know, example. Loudoun County School says, oh, we just got to defeat Christianity. And what they're taking, no, we said, we take over. It never was right. It never was. We take over. See, instead of defend, we take over. You know, with me? Because that's what the Bible does. Now, it has defense of the faith and stuff like that. But it's not defending so much. It's taking over. It takes over. The whole point of the Bible, you step forward and you take over. You see, that's what happened to Joshua. And that's what happened to the church. And the same comment and what he's telling Joshua. Is, Listen, you take over and here's how you do it. Therefore, it's a physical example when God tells us, you take over. If there's a physical example. You want to see the spiritual reality. Look, read the book of Ephesians. And he'll tell you what's happening spiritually. Amen? So our mindset has to change. <laughs> Have you ever heard our mind, you know, can, we, can cripple us or project us into glory. And it's all what we think. It's all in our head. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing. So what God does here, he gives us truth. So truth is in our head. It's in our head. Now, what the world does, it tries to lie to us. It lies to to get their lie in our head. And then we start functioning out of the lie. See? And God, whoa, this is the truth. Make your mind here. This is true. I'm working in the truth. I'm not working in the lie. See? And so, anyway, the point. We are, but they take over you move forward to take over, and God tells us how to do it. Physically with Joshua, spiritually in the book of Ephesians. Now, so therefore, what we have in this, the, first, the thing that he tells Joshua, he said, therefore, to face any adversity, to face any adversity, God repeatedly in the Old Testament and the New Testament tells us, be strong and courageous. 
because you need to be strong and courageous. Because Satan is going to be in your face. He's going to be in your face. And to stand there, you need to be strong and courageous. And you've got the lie here, and you've got God's truth here, and you're going to be wavering. Well, but man, this, is, this looks bad. And God says, no, this is just where I want you. See, your whole, but your mind has to be there for God to fl- have his Holy Spirit to flow through us. You know, the Holy Spirit's flowing through us, but we kind of have the ability to turn on and off the spigot. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, so here, here's what we have in this. Now, and what's interesting, the, the adversity, and take this as a note. I mean, is this the truth? I know some people don't believe this. I, I think the scriptures clearly tell it, and it, it's so important for us to see this. The adversity is the evidence that God will move. Now think about that. The adversity is the evidence that God will move. Well, I don't know if God's moving. Everything's falling apart. We are going to die. You know, I call Linda. Linda, it is falling apart, you know. And she reminds me I'm the pastor and stuff like that. But so, but it's the whole thing of the reality, we want evidence of God to move. Oh, he will bless me with this, 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 and this. And he does do that. But you want evidence and you know that God is going to move in the future. It's adversity. Adversity is evidence that God to move and you're here for the adversity see Moses is dead we're done <laughs> you know Jesus is dead and we're with the 12 locked in the room we're done no that adversity was evidence God was going to move and he's going to do something different and powerful and he had to have his people pay attention Jesus goes to Thomas, put your hand in the hole, of, put your fingers in the hole of my hand. Because I got to use you. You got you to know I'm alive, you know. And God goes to Joshua, Joshua, you got to move. I'm going to be with but you got to move. This is your time to move. Moses is dead. But again, the adverse, and I want you to write that. This is important. This is an absolute truth. And once you reach good old age of 95 you'll know you know adversity was evidence that god was going to move and so the adversity just lets us know something's going to happen oh i know what's happening wow instead of saying calling linda i said linda we're all going to die i call her, hey linda god's about to move you wouldn't believe what happened that was so terrible it's evidence this guy's going y'all with me and now this is throughout scripture this is throughout Scripture. And so it's a fascinating thing as we look at it. Now, so in versity, we will know that God is going to move some way and direct us some way and speak to us some way. Because what we see in the physical is greater than we can achieve in the physical. But God will move in the spiritual will be no problem for him. And we set our eyes on the spiritual and we know that he's going to take care of it and we're not afraid. We're brave and courageous for a reason. For a reason. See? So, thus, we are prepared to, we are prepared, this is how God prepares us to make a decision to cross the Jordan. You know, decision time's coming and we're going to have to cross the Jordan and God just gave and God just gave us a heads up God just gave us a heads up now so we look at Joshua chapter 1 2 and 3 so now <laughs> this is where we are the adversity we will have to cross the Jordan what do we do God says now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot, just like I promised Moses. Now, what you think about that? What is he going to give you? I'm not, I think I'm just going to wait until you tell me. 
What is going to give you? Every place you place your foot. What does that mean? That means you've got to place your foot. <laughs> you have to place your foot. And you say, you place your foot. He's going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. But you've got to place your foot. So Joshua says, listen, get them ready, because I'm going to give them every place where they place their foot. So they're on the other side of the river. Basically, you're fixing to move, and I'm telling you, and all you know now is I'm going to give you every place where you place your foot. Remember that. That's a physical truth. That is a spiritual truth. How can I get God in this problem and place my foot in it? <laughs> I give it to you. I'll give it to you if you place your foot in it. See? And so we're looking to the Lord on where to place our foot. Now, as you think about this, we must cross the Jordan to see God grow, to move, move from God. That means there will be a Jordan. There will be, and by the way, they said the Jordan at this time, flood stage, like you couldn't get across it. There will be a decision. There will be a Jordan. There will be something we have to cross. And we can be strong and courageous because God will give us every place we set our foot. So we're standing there, and this thing's impassable. God, there ain't no way. There's no way. What do I do? What do we do? Place your foot. <laughs> That's what you do. How do I place my foot? You have to be strong and courageous. And you're strong and courageous because you believe God. And he told you to cross the Jordan. And then you place your foot. You have faith. See? He's explaining faith to us right now. I don't know. There was a movie a long time. It was one of those... Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark movies is one of the sequel way down there. And so Harrison Ford is in one of these impossible situations. So he runs up, and there's in this cavern, he runs up, and there's this huge, like, Grand Canyon before him. And there's no way to get across, and everything's coming at him. I don't know, I can't remember the name of the movie. And so Harrison Ford, he's in there, and he said, and, and the, uh, he has a word, or somebody tells him, says, to get away, you have to. Walk across. And he goes, no, you can't. This is nuts. And so the coming behind him, and so he just reaches, and he steps forward, and there's a rock bridge comes under that foot. And he steps forward again, and as he steps again, another rock bridge comes under that foot. And he steps, so he walks across the canyon. See, that's what God is telling where you place your foot, I will give to you. But there's a canyon. Then a way get across it. Put your foot out. Now, Harrison Ford didn't run up the canyon. Say, I tell you what, I can just jump this thing. I can run across it. No, he was told to place his foot. See, when we're told to place our foot, we place our foot. We see a canyon. God sees a rock bridge. See? We see a canyon. God sees the rock bridge. But we'll never see the rock bridge until we place our foot. See? Now, this is what's happening to these folks because the Jordan's flowing. You can't get across it. You can't get across it. You know? And so, here's the whole time. Each time we go where God tells us, He will give us the place where we place our foot. And it's going to look like a canyon. A canyon. So, there has to be adversity so we face the canyon so then we can see him make the rock bridge as we step into it without adversity you don't have that you don't have that so you have to have adversity and adversity is a sign that God is going to move now we have we have pictures of this to help us understand. And by the way, it does, when you look at this, and you think, oh, this physical picture, and you think, well, but then you go to Ephesians where it's talking about spiritual things, and you go, wow, that's how this is working in the Spirit. We can't see it in the Spirit, but we know it's working in the Spirit because God told us, and he gave us a picture in Joshua of how it works, of how it works. So, now... The principles all through Scripture, you know, we're, we are safe wherever God is. 
You know, some people, you know, God calls us to move and gives us different jobs, and we all do that, and, you know, and God uses those things. But I always caution somebody when they move to escape something. This is too bad. I need to move. Well, if God tells you, that's fine. But if he didn't tell you, you shouldn't do it. Because God is where he has you. And if you just move without him telling you, you're going to be worse off than you were before. So you may move or do something else, but you want God to direct you. Then you step because where you are, God is. Where you And I use it. My neighbor driving me crazy. It's just God. It's just an oppression. <laughs> where you are, God is. See? You just take a step. Because where you are, God is. Your presence. Now, the one who knows your presence more than anybody else is Satan. Satan knows exactly who you are. We don't know who we are. Satan knows who we are. And so his lie to us, you can't do it. No, this will happen. This will happen. And uh, you need to flee. You know, get out. And, and that's Satan's lie. And then if we obey Satan, we have the consequences come into our life based on our decision. God is not with me. No, God's always with you. You just never listened. <laughs> it's never. I just, just do what I tell you. Now, uh, by the way, the Israelites, they had an example too because they actually went there, had been there before. Do you ever in the situation in Exodus? They actually had been there before. And they went in and Joshua, uh, Moses sent some spies out. They looked back and they came by and they said, man, this land's beautiful. It's unbelievable. You, oh my God, the giants in here, they kill us all. They're absolutely good. Man, no way. We can't, no way. Now, God's fine. You're going to stay and march in the desert 40 years until all of you die and your kids will go in. Now, did God suddenly change his mind, you know, now, 40 years later? No, he said the same thing. He's just saying the same thing. He's just waiting for somebody. Oh, but, but all these people died 40. Why did they die? Because they didn't listen to what God said. They believed the lie, and they went back to God. said, so we can't do this. They wouldn't put their foot there. Fine. Just stay in the desert. All you die. Maybe some of your kids will. And that's exactly what happened. But you see the principle there. So there is a consequence. Why did God do this to me? <laughs> well, maybe we should talk about your life. <laughs> you know, have you ever made anything he ever said? No, you can't say that's not a good counseling tactic. You know, but God has been telling people things all the time. Well, that was too hard. That was too hard. I couldn't. It was too much trouble. Oh, it's too difficult. How do we know? God's going to move? How do we know when God's going to move? Adversity. See? Adversity. I don't want to go through adversity. I'm going to do something else. Therefore, you're in a worse problem. You don't grow. Everything's going wrong. God, why? But if we say, I'm having adversity. All right, then. Put your foot in and go forward. And now the rock bridge will come under it. See? That's what God is. That's what God is. Now, see, we have a principle of this. And when, remember when uh, Moses saw the burning bush? And he saw the burning bush. And he goes, wow, that burning bush is not burned up. So he goes up there and looks and know what God says. Exodus 3.15. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing. is holy ground. Why was it Holy. Because God was there. Take off your sandals. Because where you're standing is holy ground. There's a burning bush. It's holy ground. See? Now you see where they're taking a step. Because he's telling these Israelites, you take a step. I'll give you that. It's mine. By putting your foot there, it becomes holy ground. It's not holy ground before you put your foot there. It's holy ground when you put your foot there. You see what I'm saying? And so the adversity, this adversity is evidence God is going to move. Harrison Ford, <laughs> he's at the cliff. It's adversity. I mean, it's pure death. There's impossible. And you know how Hollywood does. There's no way for him to get out of this. 
you know. And she's got to, she says, you've got to take the first step. Well, I'm dead either way. I take the first step. There's Rock Bridge. See? Th- that's what it's saying here. How do we know? Because there's a canyon I can't cross. That's how I know that God's going to move. And I know he's going to tell me something. And I know when he tells me where I step that way, that he will provide the way and draw me closer to him. Whereas I depart, then I suffer the consequences. I love Jesus, but all this happened to me. I love Jesus, and I don't know why this happened. I love Jesus. He goes, but you wouldn't cross the canyon when I asked you. Okay, you with me? Now, here, now here's what he says about the New Testament church. Old Testament, take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground. It says in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 3.16, Don't you know that you yourselves are the God, don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? So, this says I'm God's Temple. Okay. Where's the holy ground? I think I'll play with y'all. I'm standing right here and I'm God's temple. Where's the holy ground? Where I'm standing. (laughs) That's where the holy ground is. To move the holy ground forward, I have to step forward to move the holy ground to that place. See? I always do. And I do this. Oh, I wish God was here, you know. He goes, I am. <laughs> I am. Yeah. And it's like, I wish God to take care of my neighbor. Take a step. It becomes holy ground. See, and all of a sudden it's like, God says, now, so two things are happening. We're seeing God move, and the proof of his movement is adversity but his solution is taking that step and making it holy ground and we talked about when I opened up the church wasn't like defending the faith the Israelites were not defending the faith they were moving to take over they were moving to take over they moved into the situation as God told them to and it becomes holy ground holy ground now so we, so we see also that obeying what God tells us, obeying what God tells us, manifests the evidence of God's presence. You see what, do you see what that's saying? By obeying God, it's evidence of God's presence. Because we moved our feet, we stepped on it, it became holy ground, and he works through us. And the evidence... Of his presence. You know, when we obey, it's evidence of his presence, presence, and that becomes holy ground. Holy ground. Now, look at a principle where Jesus says the same thing. When he's walking around, where do you suppose the holy ground was for Jesus? <laughs> it's wherever he was. Now, we all knew that. I wouldn't even have to. Wherever he was, that's holy ground. I mean, it, yeah, it's just we know it's holy ground. Well, that Jesus says this. Matthew twelve twenty eight. He says this. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. How do you know in your kingdom of God? Because Jesus there drove out the demon. Jesus showed up. It's the kingdom of God. Where's the kingdom of God? It's where you are. <laughs> and Jesus shows up. See? And God, Jesus says, I want to do there. You have this adversity here, and I'm leading you here, and I want you want to see me work. And so how I get you there, I say, you need to step into this problem, you know, and finish the race, and you take a step. And it becomes holy ground. You, he puts you there. He puts you there. Fleeing is Satan's lie. We speak, Satan flees. And it's all to take over. It's all for God to take over, not so much us to take over. So when we hear and obey God, He makes us, each of us, to step on, to step on holy ground. Now, this is what he told Joshua. Okay, I've been telling you all this. Now, this is the next verse in Joshua. Joshua 
chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Now, remember where these folks are. They're on the other side of the Jordan. They haven't gone anyplace, okay? Now, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestor to give them. He's telling them. I mean, let's make it New Testament. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Jesus, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because of Jesus. <laughs> and what he tells us, be strong and courageous. <laughs> name your problem. Name your difficult situation. Just name it. Your problem is evidence that God's going to move. The only way he will not move if you flee. And then you will become in the whole other big basket of, you know, griping Christians. You know. You see what I'm saying? But he's telling us something. He's really trying to be strong and courageous. This is, not, this is not something easy. And then also we get the same evidence of the same principle when Jesus sends out the disciples in Matthew 28, 18 and 19. It says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on, on earth is given to me. All authority is given to me. Therefore, go. <laughs> Therefore, Go. Why? Because all authority has been given to him. Therefore, go. You do what I tell you. And he goes on to say, all things are given to me. Therefore, go. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Go. See? Because when you go, when you step, I will give you every place you step. But it's too hard. (laughs) You know, I can promise you this. I promise you this. I can't point it to you, but I just almost feel compelled to say, thus saith the Lord. Because the Lord, thus saith the Lord, he never said it was going to be easy. He did not say it was going to be easy. Ever. You find it, it's not, it's not there. It's not there, okay? Because it's not he's now it's exciting and it's powerful and we can see him do mighty things but it's not easy and this is where the the verse and we ask and i don't know this comes to mind maybe it fits but it says you got to love the lord your god with all your heart mind and soul and he says you gotta love the lord more than your wife mother kids well now that's too much and because that's too much, you'll never, when you come to that canyon, you'll never step. You'll never make that step. You know, because you don't understand what he requires of you. He requires all your love. And with all his love, he gives you a capacity to love others no matter how they treat you. Amen. Do you see what's happening here? So it's like, oh my God, God's working in everything. <laughs> you know, it's like, and that's what he is saying here. So we understand this as he's doing things. All authority. He has all authority. And he says, I'll be with you always. And then he tells Joshua something else. Don't waver between two opinions. Okay, as soon as God shows you something, Satan will say, like he said in the garden, did God really say? And you'll have friends. Did he? Really? God would never ask any. My God would never ask. Did he really? And we're thinking, gosh, that is pretty. I'm out there alone. No one agrees with me. And it's just like I'm going to be ostracized and stuff. But God goes, step into the canyon. I'll build the bridge. But man, you've got to really be passionate about the Lord and really love him and, and can't change your mind. You've got to go forward. And he tells Joshua, one seven. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you, or my servant Jesus gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Because Satan will be here telling you, and friends will be here telling you, and everything in, and 
All that, they'll have all the world the answers. And it'll be much easier than what God's telling you. Because God will tell you to do the impossible. He'll tell you to do the impossible. You need to be strong and courageous. You'll have your parents disagree with you. And I can just go on and on. And it's like, oh my God, but this is so clear. And this is what he said. Be strong and courageous and do what God says. Now, it's important. It's important we're strong, courageous, and unwavering because we stand on the breathed out word of God. Do y'all realize that? We stand on the breathed out word of God. We take that step and that breath. <laughs> rock comes out un- below us and we're standing on the breathed out word of God and believing what he told us. And I love this verse. I just put 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God breathed. It's God breathed. You know, he didn't say all scripture is really, really easy. (laughs) He said, no, you need to be strong and courageous because it's really, really hard. And it's really, really hard because it's an absolute total belief that consumes all things, an absolute love that consumes all things. See, now, we need to understand Satan brings darkness and the lie. Right? Satan brings darkness to lie. Um, insanity to this world. To the government. To the Loudoun County school system. He brings the lie. See? He brings the lie. And then, as he brings the lie, he demands that we believe the lie. This person wants to be a girl, and so this boy can go in the girl's restroom. And this boy molests girls in the girl's restroom. And we need to believe that's okay. And it's demanded of us to believe that that's okay. And that comes from the highest points of government. It's a lie. It is Satan incarnate speaking to us. Not only is the lie, we are demanded to believe the lie. And I could go on and on and on and on. And so it's like, that is, <laughs> that is her lie. Oh, well, how do we defend this? You don't defend it. You step in it and you take authority over it. Don't tell me. You know, you're a bigot. No, I am not. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and I stand on the scriptures. Well, this and this, I don't care what they say. You stand here because God says there's one truth, and it's me, and I bring it through one source, and it's the church. See? So what what element in the world will be persecuted absolutely no matter what? The church. (laughs) We shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised. That's our canyon. It's all right. No. How do we even? No, you, you take over. You're not here to defend. You're here to take over. You stand strong. You have to be strong and courageous, you know. Now, so we see this, that we need to be strong and courageous and unwavering with our foot down wherever it is, and God makes it holy ground. And how many of you are thinking like, oh my gosh, how can we get through that? That's impossible. We can't do that, you know. We're just like Harrison Ford. You know, you can't get across this thing. It's impossible. See? God goes, just take a step. (laughs) And then it's like, oh my God. (laughs) He just put a rock under it. See? That's the difference. It's impossible. Which is what? Adversity proves what? God's going to work. And you don't know it to have adversity. But the weak flee. The weak Christians flee. But he sounds to be strong and courageous because this is what we have to do. Now, so we see this. We stand on all scriptures God breathed. So you have all this is happening. And you take you know, our current day. You think back at Joshua. And it's like, okay, now how's Joshua going to pull this off? How are we going to pull this off? Okay, he tells Joshua. Next week, he's given him all this stuff. Now he tells him, this is what you got to do to get this done. Joshua 
chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Joshua, to do this, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. <laughs> no. Amen. The world and Satan wants to say you're wrong and do things to prove you're wrong and wants you to buy in to the wrong they're doing. And God, no, you're strong and great. You just step in there. You stand on the rock. And I'll give it to you because it's holy ground. All of a sudden, you're doing what I say. Now, you are standing on holy ground. I am there in holy ground. I will take care of this canyon. But you have to stay. You have to step out and do what I tell you. And God is declaring that there's nothing we will ever read that will be as important and beneficial as the Holy Bible. And understanding this... God gives us a passion for God and the Word. God gives us sanity, <laughs> strength, direction, and passion. That's what the Word gives us, not the world. The world's saying we're crazy and, and worse and you know, just calling us all sorts of names. Now, you and through the Psalms, and you go, what does this look like? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And everything's attached to it. See? Where's your heart? Everything. And so you have in Psalms 42, 1 through 2. And this is the basis of how we can go forward. This is the basis and not quit because our eyes are where they're supposed to be, like it says in Psalm 42, 1 through 2. Is the deer pants for the streams of water. Oh, my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Amen? <laughs> you just let that. Listen, I want these boys to be in the girls' bathroom, and that's good, and you need to agree on it. And watch, is a deer pants for the streams of water. My soul pants, pants for you, God, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. God, this is not what God wants. I've got to be with God. My heart, everything I have is where God is, and that's where I stand. Now, they didn't like you before. <laughs> they ain't really not going to like you now. <laughs> it's like, man, you just moved in another realm. It's like, oh, man, these people are just way out there on the loony bands, you know. But all of a sudden, but when we do that and have that within our heart, we know something that where we're standing is holy ground. And in holy ground, that's where God is. And so... Harrison Ford, who knew? <laughs> and he stands on that cliff. He's like, this is where God is. No fear, because this is where God is. Amen? That's what you got. But the canyon. And by the way, I haven't any answers. You want me some answers? I don't know. You just stand there at the canyon. Okay, God, what well, do? You know, like he said, run. You know, I'd run. But like that. But it's like, no, you've got to step forward. And you, it comes from a passion, a passion for God. See, you can be strong and courageous. It is not a lukewarm faith. You know, I believe that I'll go to heaven and, you know, like that. And I just want to get along, you know. Well, you will, but you'll be more miserable than the world. Oh, by the way, I should say, you will be more miserable than the world. Because the world is sold out to evil. I mean, they're having the blast. I mean, I've been evil. I've been there. Okay, they have a good time. But your lukewarm Christian is just torn to and fro. I don't know what's going on. They're fretting. They're back and forth. And God says in Revelation, you make me sick at my stomach. I want to vomit. And he says that not about lost people. He says it about Christians. You see, so be strong and courageous. Take a step when I tell you to, and you'll see work. Now, again, I'm going to ask you to remember, how you know God's working? Adversity. See? Adversity. So we should say, praise Jesus. You know, I'll, I'll bring up Pastor Milliken. He always said it. And, and Linda and I were separated. And I had all sorts of things to tell about her. You know, 
And, and he would go, you know, he oh, what an opportunity. I said, no, you didn't hear me correctly. You didn't, no, this is ain't, they're not good. Oh, what an opportunity. You know, I just, you crazy old man. <laughs> yeah. But you see where he's coming from? Totally. Oh, you see, God, this is an opportunity to see God work. See, he's saying this. You know, so he lived it, you know, he, he said it. And, and he, was, he was so cheerful at my problems. I, mean, I, I gave him a lot of things to be cheerful about. And so as we leave here, we'll, we'll finish with this. Our passion and our understanding comes from embracing the truth, okay? Satan is a liar and the father of lies, how many people, do, how can these people don't tell it? They just lie and they lie and they lie. How can that be? Because Satan is a liar and the father of lies. And it calls, that's his native language. Don't be surprised. How can we defend it? Don't defend it. You take over. You move in. The Israelites moved into the land and took over. The 12 disciples, when that all they were, they finally got out of their room, and they moved in, and they took over because there was nothing to defend, no churches to defend, no Christianity to defend, or nothing. They stepped into it, and God gave it to them. They were conquerors. See, we want to be conquerors, not defenders. Not defenders. We need conquerors. Amen? So we're going to be in Joshua for the next several weeks. And hopefully it's something that we can apply to our daily lives and encouragement and seek God. And, you know, I really, and it says in the New Testament, rejoice always and rejoice in our difficulties. Why? Because God's working and it's evidence. It's evidence. So. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your love and kindness. And we thank you for the book of Joshua, the Bible. And Lord, you love us more than we can comprehend. And as each one of us looks back over our life, we know that you've taught us thing after thing after thing. And Lord, you've never stopped. You're going to continue to teach us and how to be strong in the Spirit. Be strong in the Spirit. Strong and trusting you. And we thank you for that, God. And really, through your Holy Spirit, God, just claim, you know, make us strong and courageous as we set our eyes upon you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.